0: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. And when I say you will feel this way and it's okay, there's if you're not feeling you're not living. Right. So I think the biggest, biggest, biggest thing is it's okay. It's okay. You're not alone. Like you've said, Mariette. Everyone sees, you know, I was getting text messages of you're living the dream and Well, no, I I just broke down an hour ago because I took the bus that was an hour late and then I missed the train. So then I missed my boat. Mm. It doesn't matter that I put the three methods of transportation together meticulously the day before. Right. It happens. It's okay. It, you know, and for me, like you said, like it was compounded on like life. It's life. Yeah. It's life. So stressful. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Again? Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move. If you're dreaming about moving to a new city to pursue the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. Moving 18 times in 23 years to five of America's top cities. I know it's not easy to make those decisions alone. I help you develop the dream, the plan, and the move, even if we need to get scrappy to get you there. I'll be doing interviews, career and city spotlights, and sharing my crazy moving stories, tips, tricks, and scams to avoid. Traveling to explore your dreams has never been easier. Now let's get moving. Welcome to the show, everybody. I have a friend of mine on the show today who I have known for over 10 years, I think like 13 years now. And I met her in the most adorable way. And it completely gives you an awesome window into her personality. So I met Holly Stavid, who is on the show today. She and I were on a bus together and I was talking to the man next to me and he was speaking French to somebody on the phone and he got off the phone and I said, oh, do you, you know, do you, are you from France? Are you from here? You just speak French. And he said something like, you know, originally I was, but, um, uh, and he asked me if I speak French and I said, oh, and he just, you know, basically we were talking and he asked me like, you know, where I was going. And I said, oh, I'm starting a new job today at, uh, the company that I work for now, uh, which I won't say. And, uh, all of a sudden I get a tap on the shoulder and how said, <laughs> oh my gosh, do you need help? I work there. Um, I'd love to show you around. And like her and I just sparked a conversation. The older gentleman smiled and her and I started talking. He got off the bus. She sat down and we have been friends since. And that just gives you just a snippet into her personality. She is one of the most welcoming, giving, um, just so much fun, so much good energy, just an awesome human being. But she has traveled around the world over the course of the last couple of years. And she is um she has gone from living in Melbourne to Chicago now and we're gonna talk a little bit about her journey because I think this is the stuff that's important to hear because it's the good the bad and the ugly and moving can suck but it can also be amazing so Holly thank you so much for coming on the show I love that we're having this conversation thank you for having me and the and the bright reminder of of how we met right now right it, it, yeah you know, it was in 2010 because that's when I started that job and Uh, You know, what she didn't know at the time is that I had already worked at CDW for some... Oh, I said it. Sorry. But I had already worked there for so long. um, But I had left and come back. Like, I was living in New York City and I had moved to Chicago, uh, which was huge. And I didn't even have a car yet because I I literally had just moved and I didn't have a... I didn't (laughs) have New York City, obviously. So, Um, But yeah, we've been friends that whole time. And it's been so fun to watch your journey. Like, if you get on her Instagram, um, you can see her in a headstand. Exactly, different countries (laughs) find something you love and do it everywhere and you're good at it um but you have lived so in the last couple years so you know you and I met obviously in Chicago we hung out in Chicago and then I've kind of moved around since then but in the last couple years um you've kind of traveled all over the world and I know that's something like that's a dream that people have had so can you talk a little bit about like Kind of what kicked that off? What, you know, where all you went? Because I mean, it's just such a cool story. Like you're living like most people's dream. Yeah. So I love culture. I've always loved to travel. Um, I try to do it in between, in between corporate jobs. I I take some time off so that I can, can wing it a bit. And just over a year ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take I'm not going to accept i'm going to quit i'm not going to accept this next corporate job and i am just going to take off and my intentions were to really see you know i've been corporate at that point for for maybe 13 14 years i was raised in a very corporate uh family with my father being a corporate executive so there was really one path to take and I had worked really hard. Work was my number one priority. Work was my husband. And and it was time for me to really take a step back and figure out, is this even who I am? Um, So it was a really, really difficult decision to make. And one of the first things I realized is it's a difficult decision to make because Americans don't make them. <laughs> but the minute. Midday- we always it, work. We have our two weeks of vacation and that's how yeah. we take like Europeans, you know, like most other cultures have a couple months off of work a year and they explore and we just don't do that. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, that, that's kind of how it started. It, it's been a dream of mine. It was initially going to be three months. So, yeah. So I had conversations with mentors, with C-level exec customers saying, okay, if I came back in three months with a three-month gap on my resume, what would you think? And I was like, oh, three months is okay. And it's funny, I keep hearing one of my former customers going, well, three months, it, it would be fine. But if it were like a year, and here I am at like 15 months, I would you're like, I'm still okay. Couldn't be, yeah. I mean, today... Couldn't be bothered, which I know we'll get more into that. I mean, depends when you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where all did you go? So I was not in a hurry. I stopped in Italy to see one of my. So so my dream was I want to meet all of my friends, kids that I've never met. That's tour. It was always if I won the lottery, what would you do? I would go around the world and meet all my friends, husbands and kids that that I've never met. And you have friends all over the world. I do. I do. You know, much all, Like all over, you know. Yeah. and everything. Yeah. And then I studied abroad in Australia. Right. Yeah. And I hadn't been back for those weddings. So I started in Italy um, and saw two of my close friends there, met their kid, and then Thailand. Your pictures from Thailand are amazing. And I never really put it on the bucket list until I saw your pictures. And then I was like, oh man, I need to go. Do you know it was never on mine either? Really? No, Asia was always um, quite intimidating to me. Just different characters in the alphabet, different, like, I don't speak the language. Like, all I mean, about as foreign as you could get. Like, maybe Russian doesn't have like our alphabet, but it's connected to places that do yeah yeah so it wasn't on mine either wow so thailand for two months i did a little two weeks in cambodia because i wanted to see cm reap and angkor wat what are those um it is like the machu Picchu. uh it's an ancient ancient civilization um from the asian empire that is just massive you can't get get Around it by foot, um, world renowned. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And history, and the more I learn about history, the more I feel like we are so young as a country. Beyond thousands and thousands of years in Egypt. And yeah. Machu Picchu is on my list for it's sure. That's jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Jaw dropping. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I went to Philippines for a month. I did people in these places or without okay. So I you even like think like to me, I look at it like, you know, the fear-based the fear-based side of me is like, what if I, you know, get a hotel in a bad neighborhood or like you know, like I that's how I think, but that's probably how I'm conditioned to think. Um no, I mean that's that's valid and should be listened to. Um yeah, and you should do research before you just show up but don't get analysis paralysis yeah 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 and a lot of these places are uh less expensive to stay in right yeah and um, you can get hostels and you know people forget about hostels hostels are an amazing opportunity for you to go in meet people from all over the world right That's yep. hostels and you yeah and yeah room and stuff but yeah so Philippines. So Philippines. So Australia was always the last place on my list. Was I going to end up, I had, I'm had i starting in Thailand. I'm ending in Australia because I'll see my girlfriend and, and her kids who I haven't met. I went back for her wedding, but I hadn't met her kids. So was, I had a start and I had an end. And because I was only planning to be gone three months, Australia was initially going to be December. Okay. And that's their summer, right? Correct um so i went to us so that ended up getting pushed out so i ended up in australia in march okay and then went to indonesia for two months so bali and some of the islands around bali and then went back to australia With the, so for three months, with the intentions of, okay, I left with the intentions of, I have no idea what I want, what I'm doing, where I'm going. I, but, but I do, I am open to settling down and starting a life somewhere else. And then that ended up being Australia. Um, And, and so ended there. And you and I had a conversation. I mean, it feels like yesterday, but it was probably six months ago, was June. And Oh, my gosh. So and part of that conversation, you know, it's it's fun having a friend that's a moving coach because, you know, you were like, here's here's where I'm at. And what should I be thinking about? But it was interesting because your thought process wasn't like, should I move home? It was like, am I done exploring? I'm, you know, I want to be in a community. I want to, and you've never been one to like settle down, but it was more like I want to settle into a job that I find challenging and find purpose, but I also want to live in a place that I, I, you know, love and can build a community. And that was just not what you were finding at the time, right? Yeah, and for me, I set myself up financially that a job was off the table. Yeah. So it was very much listening to my body and my intuition. And I had taken that Western thinking off the table. So it was very much I want a community. I want to feel home. And it's funny because you you don't realize that actually a job gives you that. Yes. A lot. Yes. Community. So when you remove that, it's very difficult and disorienting and yeah but you're also a very friendly person I mean obviously look the way we met and you have no problem talking to anybody but I felt like at one point you were getting to that point where you were like kind of retreating inside and you were like it's hard to make friends as an adult and I was like gosh if you have a hard time making friends think about what introvert feel you know yeah yeah it was um it was trying. I mean, before we hopped on the podcast, I went back through my journal and up until literally a week ago and and I'll let you insert the dates there whenever you air this but up until a week ago, all the way from June, yeah, like you said, I was really excited to set my feet down somewhere, build that routine, build that community um it's a roller coaster. It's daily. So even reading my journal back, back from june it it Talk about your journaling um because you you've, you've tracked all the places that you've been yeah so tell, i mean because i hope you plan on publishing a book at some point because i think that would be really interesting it would be very exposing <laughs> many once unmarried yeah. yeah yeah the journaling yeah i think it's important I tended to do it when I was feeling down. And then because I'm business oriented or maybe in that Western mind frame, it was okay. Well, what are some solutions? So there were things of like, you know, well, what has brought me back joy when I'm feeling really down? And I know I'm an active person. So even just going for a walk, but the walk didn't always do it. It was smiling at a stranger. It was holding a door. It was like these high level engagements or it was you know what am I if I was in a place to articulate it what am I feeling yeah and how do you overcome that and that was part of our conversation too because I remember specifically asking you because you were you were starting to get to that place where you're like I'm not exactly sure what to do and you I could tell that you're your spark had diminished a little bit and so I remember saying like what used to bring you joy but you had gotten hurt like you have always been an avid avid fitness you know pro you've always worked out and that was a way that you got your energy you got your release and like worked off stress and you couldn't do that at the time and meet people yeah so I had hurt my neck and could not get to the bottom of it um you know, I said I say that I set myself up financially, but you're still conscious. So I wasn't joining a two hundred dollar a month gym. I wasn't, you know, going to the thirty dollar a yoga class. Um, and for my neck, you know, I came from Asia where massages are six dollars an hour. Now I'm in Australia. Where it's more expensive than the U.S. I mean, we're talking. Oh, gosh. So the price will be the same. You'll see 18 and then you're like, oh, it's U.S. or it's Australian dollars. Yeah, it's quite expensive. So I wasn't exactly eager to go get a a $140 massage for my neck. So it was, and also, yeah, it was, it was, it was low. It was tough. And you were looking at jobs at that point and you were considering moving, I think, to Sydney, right? I had a job opportunity in Sydney. I didn't. I didn't plan. I didn't plan. Not that everything needs to be planned, but general ideas and research aren't the worst. Um. So I didn't realize, like, the work visa for Australia. Um, the particular one I had in mind was only good for certain age ranges that i wasn't in so then i realized okay well i need to be sponsored then so i do need to go back to these corporate larger companies that i have experience with uh yeah well and we we've always worked in technology yeah and so i think that that's one thing to note is that every industry is different um, you know, the company that I work for currently, we don't sponsor, or at least we used to not sponsor. Now we're a global company, so it's a little bit easier because you can find uh, we're in a lot of different countries. But uh, but generally speaking, it is the larger companies that will pay for sponsorship because it's expensive. Very, you have to have a commit like a time commitment, don't you? If you're if you're going on a sponsor, um, they didn't give me a time commitment. But it was a pretty rigorous. You, I, I listened to one of your podcasts, and you mentioned, you know, when you're moving somewhere, that a lot of places move, and it's high and comp- highly competitive. Um, I, I mean, it was to my advantage. I was already living there, so they knew the commitment, and they pressed me on it. Why here? Had you been before? Uh, they, they made, they did a really good job of making sure. I mean, I'm not there anymore, but I didn't leave the job. I didn't let them go through with the process. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are so many joys to moving. And I think that part of the reason that this came about, um, because this wasn't, uh, you know, speaking of not planning, like you and I like talking on the podcast wasn't planned. But you and I had a conversation the other day that just broke my heart. And even though you're on the other side of it, depending on the day, I think that one of the things that we got to in our conversation was the fact that you you couldn't even articulate how you were feeling because you were you were a little bit paralyzed. And the stress of moving, and plus you had a significant loss in your family, like you were incredibly close with your parents. And so moving back to England, I'm sure they didn't, it's not that they didn't care if you moved back to the U.S. They weren't encouraging, like, we need you back here because we love you and we want you here. They love that you love to explore. I know your mom has gone out and visited you in some of the places that you lived because I've seen the, the pictures. <laughs> But it was a consideration and you were like, you know, that community is incredibly important to me. And you did miss your family and you did want to be back here in spirit. But then also you were like, but I also am committed to staying. And I think there was a, a several month period where you kind of started diminishing and going down kind of a darker path because of the experience. And like the decision was paralyzing. And so I you know you and I having this conversation and I'm, I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on the podcast and yeah because this is the side of coaching that people don't get to see like they think of moving as a fresh start and it's so exciting and like let's film you know uh YOLO and like let's just go and do it and then it's the other side of it that you're like shoot what did I just do and especially yeah. like I I recorded a conversation um with my best friend who is a a therapist and an adhd specialist like i have adhd i've got a pretty severe case of it but they but a lot of times like when you have adhd as well like you make these spontaneous decisions and then all of a sudden you're like crap now i have to either live with it or change right and so like you were going not not that you have adhd but like you were going through this conversation and I said why didn't you call me why didn't you reach out to me and you're like I couldn't even articulate what I was feeling or what to- yeah yeah but I think you can now so maybe let's walk through whatever you're comfortable sharing yeah yeah and what you know kind of where you were thinking about and then all of a sudden like kind of what surprised you about this whole thing I think the biggest thing is whether you planned it to the T or you planned nothing, you will feel this way and it's okay. And when I say you will feel this way and it's okay, there's, if you're not feeling, you're not living. So I think the biggest, biggest, biggest thing is it's okay. It's okay. You're not alone. Like you said, Mariette, everyone sees. You know, I was getting text messages of "You're living the dream," and well, no, I I just broke down an hour ago because I took the bus that was an hour late, and then I missed the train, so then I missed my boat. It doesn't matter that I put the three methods of transportation together meticulously the day before. Right, it happens. It's okay it you know and for me like you said like it was compounded on like life it's life it's life so stressful it's so stressful but it's life and and i think you know i'd i'd be breaking down crying laughing at myself because i know i'm exhausted and i know i haven't eaten it doesn't mean i'm not breaking down And that I know it's not justified, but it's like, I think I said to you, it's like anxiety coming out of your eyes. (laughs) Right. Well, because when you were thinking through this, some of this, I think part of it was like the decision to leave Australia and come back home and what that meant. But then it was also like, where do I live? Do I get a temporary apartment? I mean, I know you had mentioned like, should I get something furnished? Because you... own a property in Chicago but it you had renters right correct you couldn't move correct and then I have a property in Arizona that's rented furnished only until March so it's like okay well then do I get a place furnished in Chicago until March and then move my furniture here or do I just sit and I think part of looking back is I knew in Australia if it wasn't Melbourne Australia it's Chicago if I can't be in the culture i want the culture to be with me so a city is for me i need the options of activities even if i don't do them i need them so where you helped me when i was living in australia breaking down was think about what you like and what you need in a place to live and again i was grateful to have taken like the job part and the economy off the table From like a macro perspective and just think about me. And that was my goal. And I don't think in the past I would have ever said community or family. But what the time off showed me is who was I calling when I fell down? I wasn't just going to a new gym and that wasn't filling my cup. It was my people that were filling my cup. Um, and so even in Australia, you know, if you're moving somewhere within a time zone, they could show your cup. But when I'm 18 hours opposite, I didn't even have my people. Yeah. You had a window. I had an hour in the morning for the U.S. if my friends didn't have work. And I had like two hours in the evening for my Europe friends. So it was lonely to the extreme do you think that that's what it was is this the loneliness yeah yeah I think I wouldn't even say nostalgia it was it was lonely so when you say talk like starting from scratch Australia was the epitome of starting from scratch it wasn't London where I could get on the plane for four hours and and see somebody or three hours or where people are coming going you were about as remote you are on a remote island in the South Pacific. So that was massively part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And part of like the framework that I coach around the ecosystem thing came from me moving all over the country and having to rebuild my friendships and, you know, stay in touch with other people because it wasn't like you know, when I moved away from Chicago originally, you know, all my friends from college, they they moved on, right? Like, I still talk to them here and there. And it's been cool because I'm I'm reconnecting with a few of my girlfriends that I like. I was in a sorority and my, a couple of my girlfriends from college. But it's like they I'm not in their day to day. I'm not talking about what their kids are doing or what's happening or what their Halloween costumes are. It's like I I talk to him, I catch up. We are good for another month or two, and then we catch up again in another month or two. So it's like when you are in um, a new city, one as an adult, I feel like it's hard to build friendships, right? Like very good, deep, meaningful friendships where like like you and I can catch up. I don't have to go through my history, my background. Like you just you just know me because we've known each other for thirteen years. But there's a lot of times when you go into a new community. Like I moved into I moved to Charlotte. I have a couple cousins that live here, one cup, co- one cousin that is an hour away. And then when my brother moved here, it was like so nice because I had an instant best friend to do things with. Right. So we got to explore. But I've been building a relationship for two years with my neighbors and I adore them. But it, it's still like I I still have to tell the old stories and I have to give context. And I, you know, so it's like <laughs> It's different. You know? Yes. Like unless you plant roots or you are in a place where you can, um, make friendships through things like going to a gym or like finding a hobby like even sometimes like that if you're not moving when you're mentally in a great place yeah really hard to like then push yourself out to go out and like like you told me a story the other day about how you have a friend that you like met where you know she invited you to a party and you were like i'm i'm not i'm not party ready yet i'm just like you know stay at home and watch dateline ready (laughs) exactly exactly yeah and I think and there were a lot of things you taught me when we chatted in Australia that were yeah well that yeah and that's what I you know I think it's so important to find your happy your piece of routine you know Australia to your point of old friends so I moved there thinking okay my best girlfriend that I met in university lives there I flew back for her wedding we traveled with each other for probably 2 months all over europe together so like we've had these amazing experiences i'll go back and i'll and uh, and i'll have that safe place but we had actually grown apart so i think one one thing you taught me was you have to find these things within if yoga is your thing if a gym class is your thing if pottery is your thing you have to invest in 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 you and cut the coffee out every morning if it's a money thing you you have to prioritize you without external factors kind of bringing those to you um that that was one of the main things i joined um a women solo face traveling facebook group which was huge because they're all the it's the one i'm in is very strategic so you have a format that you post so you can meet people that are like-minded that are either living in your city and interested in the world and culture um, or traveling to it and you could host um so that's huge for building a network bumble BFF, even it has a bed you mentioned it the other day epic yeah the same way you search for a partner, you know the the women have their profiles of what they're into, and I've met close friends there. Actually, yeah. Um, I know Meetup in a lot of cities is really Meetup is. I'm not. You know, my cup wasn't full enough for a group. I had enough energy for like me to survive. And enough in my cup for like a person, but some people do do it in a group. It's like lower pressure. I'm better one on one. Like I'm strategic about my circle, especially on this journey. I've become more vulnerable and more in touch. And I don't. I'm. Not, I don't want to be happy all the time. It's not me. I just want to be me. I am so excited to introduce you to the Silk and Sonder Monthly Planner. As a culture, we're more stressed, anxious, and burned out than ever. Without proactive practices in place to combat the stress of modern life, we're falling short of achieving that deeper fulfillment we crave. At Silk and Sonder, we meet you where you are, uncover where you want to go, and help you define a path that aligns with your values and goals. I am proud to be one of their ambassadors because I've tried several monthly, quarterly, and annual planners. And I needed so much more since I'm a multi-passionate person that travels almost weekly. I love that a new themed self-care journal is delivered to my doorstep every single month. It's filled with signs-backed prompts and coaching exercises, trackers, and planning pages. Plus, there's an exclusive app with audio affirmations and community events. To join our community, go to marriottsonthemove.com and check out my faves page to learn more. Have you heard of Monate or Modern Nature? I had neither before my friend Monica was raving about their skincare products that she's obsessed with. I took their hair quiz to find out which product line would be best for me since I just happened to be looking for new shampoo and conditioner. And I signed up for their VIP package that got me a little bit of everything to try out. Turns out, they are the first anti-aging hair care line in the world, which I didn't even know was a thing. And their products are gluten-free, vegan, and Leaping Bunny certified, which means they're never tested on animals. Now, I am obsessed with their rich formulations that feature botanical extracts, essential oils, and other naturally-based ingredients, and I want to share those products with you. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can hit the Faves page on my website. It's safe, EU-approved, and clinically tested by third parties. So essentially, robustness approved now back to the show um yeah so i left looking for this like external fulfillment and really realized in australia talking to you of of well what is my routine what is gonna make me happy what do i need and then execute kind of there and then the decision to come back was really after that it was you know and i think the best piece of advice i use the word decision nothing is permanent if i decide to move and i hate it i'm leaving if i just decide to take a job and i hate it i'm leaving this has changed me significantly though Like, because the American way is, well, you stick it out. It's a job and you're not supposed to be happy. Right. So, you know, so a lot lot of those things, but coming and coming back has been, you know, there's two sides to every story. It's great. I'm traveling and everybody that's sitting at home with their husband and two kids is, is saying, wow, the grass is so green. And I'm saying, well, Heidi, you know. I would rather be on my couch with my husband. I don't have and my three dogs, <laughs> right? You know, so I, I and and then, you know, moving back to Chicago, I haven't had to interview for a job in fifteen years. So, like I was saying, there's two sides to everything. I get to build the exact life I want. If you would have asked me that in the last two months. I would, uh, well, you get to do anything you want. Well, no, I can't do, I'm interview. everything's out of my control. I can't choose where I work. I could choose where I interview. I could choose where I live if I could afford it. And then do I want it furnished? Do I want it not furnished? What do I do with my furniture in Arizona? And so it, it was to your point, so freaking overwhelming, almost analysis paralysis. You just pick something. And do it. And it's not permanent. Yeah, we often think in like year-long terms, I think, because it's, you know, like that's, you know, a lease is our year long. But there's so many good options out there between Airbnb or even like we don't often think about like, hey, you know, friend of mine in this suburb. Like, I know you have a guest bedroom. Can I crash there for three weeks? I'll, yeah. And that. Yeah. But like even just getting back into your community and not to say, like, I, I know that this is the hard part about moving, right, is all of the decisions and call on you. And you're like, what if I make the wrong decision? What we have options, but we don't often think about them like that. We don't think about them in an optimistic way. We think about them in like, oh, my gosh, this is so heavy. And like what you went through, you were already, you know, oh, her- You're confident. Like, you are one of the most confident people I've ever met. You are always confident in your decisions. And for you to kind of have that, like, wavering, right, that probably weighed heavily on you as well, because you're not used to wavering. Yeah. And that, and you had a loss in your family, which wasn't planned, obviously. Right. Right. so. That's the part of this foundation that, like, as you're going through the moves that you have to think about, like, what if this happens? Like, not to say that, you know, everybody experiences, like, grief like that while they're moving. But, like, if you're not mentally strong and something throws you a curveball, oh, you're crumbling. And when we say curveball, Mariette, just to put things in perspective, my Halloween costume didn't show up on time and I bawled. And that's it, doesn't have to be a death in the family. It doesn't have to be, it's literally the throw pillow you wanted. And I'm like laughing as I'm bawling. Because I'm like, this is hysterically, hyster, hysterically like ridiculous. Well, in your the apartment that you went to go rent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. And so and I think. Like I think of things as closing the circle. So, like, okay, I'm moving. Here's my plan. There's so many variables for me. I just learned last week, so a week ago, Friday, eight days ago, for me, closing the circle is no matter what, I'll be okay. And for me, that's and it's that confidence. It's that I'm educated. I have a brain. I have family I could stay with. It might be on the couch. I have food. So no matter what, for me, closing the circle was, I'll be okay. If I sign a year lease and I break the lease for $5,000, I'll be okay. I might have to work harder, work longer. I might have to stay on the couch an extra month. I'll be okay. I have a couch. Always says everything is figureoutable everything is we're living it has to be it has to be and we don't often think about putting ourselves back into the community to ask for help right you have this like a lot of people are living outside of their means so they're already taxed when it comes to like their finances and like you know mentally what you can handle from a capacity perspective and part of when i you know why i was so heartbroken because i was like why didn't you call me and you're like i couldn't even articulate what to say but that's the thing is that sometimes just asking some is saying like hey I'm I need to like just sit in silence for a second but I need support and I don't know what to do like even sometimes saying that you do oh totally I mean and and, and even just hearing you offer it when you did filled my cup of like so so it really emphasized of like the reaching out but reaching out to the right people. To exactly your point, like, I just need you to be here. Like, even on the phone, like, just with me. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to talk about the move. Yeah. Like, let's talk about other things. Yeah. I think that's what's important about having, it's like, uh, it takes a village, right? Having a buddy or two that, like, when you are about to embark on this, going to two different people that you know are not going to judge, they're going to let you listen, or they're going to listen. Being able to say, listen, I'm considering moving. This is going to be a journey. Would you be my, like, moving moving pal? 100% and someone that's done it and can relate helps block out the noise. I mean, for the people that are sent, and it's really difficult without it because you're getting the text of how exciting you're gonna meet all these new people. And so everyone's perception that hasn't done it is that it is so cool and you're so brave. And so you're kinda it's almost harder to feel worse because you don't think you're supposed to. Well, yeah. You're 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 almost being told like your feelings and emotions about be holy aren't worth it or aren't rational. Totally. So then you talk to someone that's done it and you're like oh so you had a real oh you cried too every day that's normal oh like you know I went on dates thinking like that was gonna fill me up and it was like I didn't even feel like I had anything to offer I was like how did these people even like me like I'm cute but like should I just not open my mouth? like you just start searching and but you're yeah so when you have that person like you in particular who's not only educated on like the feelings and the emotion side of it but has gone through it and isn't this like i hate that like the word toxic is so negative but this like um percep this like perception that everything's supposed to be great and new and lovely it is like the freaking opposite like i as an adult I don't think I could talk to anybody that's moved and been like, oh my God, it was the best first two weeks of my life. I know, movies suck. Zero. Literally zero. Like any girlfriend or guy friend I've talked to that's moved has been like the first two weeks, three weeks, was a roller coaster of emotion. It is a stressful, traumatic experience, even in the best circumstance oh there's gold at the end of the rainbow always yeah but there's clouds there's rain there's thunder there's lightning to freaking get there so having someone that's able to like coach you through the rain the thunder the lightning like remind you who you are when like you can't see it and remind you that the gold is there and that you are still capable of getting there is like so critical. I mean, it's important too, because anxiety is normal in a move. And I think that that's like, if you are, um, you should expect the anxiety, right? And I, I almost feel like the absence of anxiety in a move is not normal, right? If you correct through life where, you know, everything, like you don't care about anything, that's almost when you should be concerned because they say it's the most stressful event, only second to divorce, right? Neither of us are married. Wow. Do they really have much to compare it to in that realm? But I think that that's when, when we take it one step further and say, okay, what is rational and what's not rational? And I think having somebody to say like, hey, um, I just bawled my eyes out because my Halloween costume isn't here, even though I have a million things that I could dress up as. Am I, am I on like what's going on Mariette I didn't even want to go to the party yeah it was like this loss of control perceived control it was hysterically wild out of like cooking. you and I think that that's where you get to a point where you're like oh my gosh what's happening to me why am I feeling this way and it feels like this dark cloud is following you everywhere but that's normal. And if somebody doesn't say, like, of course, Holly, you have anxiety. Of course you're feeling this because this is that, like, funk that you're in that we, that you get when you're moving because you're biologically transitioning to a different realm, right? You haven't yet closed out the old part of you in that old chapter and you haven't quite started that new chapter. You're in the funk in the middle. That, like, what would the preface? You're in the preface right now. Yeah. heard to see that when you're in the middle of it because all you're you're living that 24-7, right? But it comes in weight, right? It's just like grief where you you have to have that biological release where sometimes crying feels so good, but you don't want to cry because then you're like, Am I I should I cry? Should I not cry? But Ugh. having that prep and saying, like, well, of course that's normal. Yeah, you're, you're leaving something that you thought was going to be amazing. And just a year ago, you were like, I'm going to live there forever, you know, and now you're like, well, long time. Yeah. You know? And then you're afraid of like, you know, without that coach and that support, it is, you know, added pressure of this, you know, everyone's supposed to think you're happy and everyone, you know, you don't want to be a failure if you're not happy And, you know, what does that look like to everybody else? If, you know, if it's not everything it, if it's not everything it was built up to be this second. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it also takes time. It does. It takes time. And a lot of people that don't move or haven't moved in, you know, a decade or two, partially don't move because of that. Like, I know people that absolutely hate where they live, hate it. But they won't leave. Right. So it's almost like we look at the two sides of the coin, one moving all over or moving just in general to find that better life and then getting there and being disappointed. A little bit of planning could take you to the next level. Right. And your system is epic for that. Of like, what am I missing and what am I looking for and how do I set myself up to successfully find that? Right. Because look at Chicago. There's, what, 37 different neighborhoods within Chicago. You could move to Logan Square and realize your heart's really in the Gold Coast, but not realize it because you haven't spent any time there and don't know the difference between the two things. You just see, like, I'm moving to Chicago. And you said, actually, that was now you're bringing up something that was so cool that you said in Australia. I was living in an area that I thought I really liked. And I said, but I'm so overwhelmed because, like, when I go to a coffee shop, there's a million coffee shops to choose from. And then it's like, I don't really get to know anyone or feel homey. And you were like, okay, well, you know, maybe you should look at a different neighborhood that's still in the city, but maybe a little bit smaller and more quaint. So you're in, pro- it was just the process of having someone clear minded, <laughs> not going through it, and someone with clearly a proven process. To be that voice the reason that, like, I know I have but couldn't find, so I was going even deeper into this hole was so valuable. It's just a different perspective. And I think that that's the thing is that, like, what used to bring me joy doesn't bring me joy anymore, right? Like, I, (laughs) this is so silly, but, like, I was like, I want roller skates. I used to love roller skating, and I bought roller skates, and I went a couple times, and I was like, "Eh, okay. But being okay and being okay with not being okay with it anymore. So literally, to your point, to, to like our point, no decision also has to be final. And I think that's where you get caught too. When without a coach or, or a mentor or someone like you to talk to, if you're in this dark place and you try roller skating because you used to like it and now you don't like it, who am I? I just go deeper. I just go deeper. Yeah, I don't know who I am, be oh, it's a spiral. It's a spiral. I know that there's a couple things that I personally, like for me, I have to have a Pilates studio. Pilates brings me joy, and I didn't do it for the first two years I was in this house. I just got back to it because obviously I went through all this stuff with my back and I couldn't do it. But ironically, when I went to physical therapy and all of the exercises were Pilates exercises, I remember feeling this spark of hope. And not only did it used to bring me joy, but like this is going to help me and this could potentially keep me from going back to the pain that I just experienced. Yeah. To me, like Pilates is important. I like Starbucks, but I love craft coffees, right? I love being close to a craft coffee shop. Ideally, I would love to be in a place where I could jog to a Pilates studio. Like the best shape I was ever, ever in. Um, was when I I lived literally one mile, almost exactly. I was living in the marina in San Francisco. I was one mile from the best Pilates studio. In fact, just this morning, the woman that owned um, Lara Hudson was the the woman that owned the Pilates studio, and I'm blanking on the name of it. I can picture the logo because it was super like creepy and dark, but it, <laughs> it was awesome. It was like this head. It was like a a head and, like, the hair was, like, dripping down. I don't know. It was, I'll have to find it and post it. Yeah. Um. She did a, a DVD, a, like, a Pilates DVD, and she sold them there, too. And I still, that's what I've been using as my physical therapy. But I, I would jog to the Pilates studio, and it was right across the street. They had a, an awesome coffee shop. I would grab a coffee on my way home, and then I'd walk home. And I was in killer shape. But I realized, like, that's, I love craft coffee, and I love Pilates, and so for me in my next home, because right now I'm I'm in a subdivision that's far out. It was an up and coming area, which I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the equity that I'm building in my home. But at the same time, like I would rather pay a little bit more to be within walking or jogging distance of a Pilates studio and a craft coffee shop so I can take my dog, walk there, grab my coffee and head home. Because if I look back to all the places when I lived in New York City, I was close to both when I lived in Chicago in and um, my, remember my cool place of late. Yeah, intelligentsia In fact, when I went to go look for that apartment, it was like in the afternoon, and I walked in, and the apartment smelled like coffee, and I was like, (gasps) "I don't care. Let's go." Like this is my home. Like I love this place. Yeah. But that's the thing is that like we all have that list, right? We all have those things that like in a time frame, right? Like if I was ten a ten minute drive from someplace right now. I'm 10 minutes from a great craft coffee shop, but I'm 30 minutes from the Pilates studio. So now I have had to redo, like I, I I, rejoined the Pilates studio that I was going to here that used to be 15 minutes from my old place or 10 minutes from my old place uh, when I was renting, building this house. Now I'm 30. So now I have to go at night, which I'm more of a morning person. Like, yeah, they in Pilates that are yeah. great. But now I'm having to adjust. So like if you can take. You know, you can even look on Google, like if you have an idea of where you want to be and look, you know, throw in Pilates Studio in that zip code, like figure out what neighborhood it's in and if that's possible, you know, like whatever it is that's on your list, like some, you know, for me, (laughs) like I also miss going to Whole Foods. I know it's super expensive, but I loved their generic brand chicken. Sounds so silly. But now I would drive 30 minutes to go to Whole Foods to get the good chicken. Yeah. 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 So little things like that, that like taking into account, one, the community, but two, like that ecosystem and what you need to have in it to feel at least somewhat sense of a routine and normalcy that can pull you back in. You can build friendships, but that routine that like totally critical, critical, critical. Yeah. Where are you at today? Like tell me how you're feeling today because you're only a couple weeks into this. Yeah, so I am about oh Thursday was three weeks, so I'm three weeks into it. Um, what what is it's it's in another the saying is in another language, but in English it translates. You can't eat an elephant in one bite. Yeah, so it's taken me three weeks because I moved into a minimally furnished apartment. So. I had I need nightstands I need. And when I say need, I don't use that loosely. I my home is my sanctuary and my peace. So I needed to make this apartment feel home on a budget. I got twenty dollar nightstand. You know, I needed to come home and feel home. I'm interviewing for a job. My uncle who passed I'm taking care of his house, I'm the only one in town. So before it's winter, it needs to be winterized and roofed. This is my elephant, and everyone's going to have their elephant. Your kids need to find a school and get acclimated. Your kids have activity. Part of your elephant is is Pilates. Part of your elephant is, is coffee. And you can't eat an elephant in one bite. And if you don't have a plate and silverware, you're not going to be good for anybody else. So for me, that meant I needed nightstands first and just silo my focus. And I needed home to feel comfortable. Okay, the next part of my elephant was, okay, nine to noon, nine to one every day, I'm going to spend applying for jobs and networking because that is my second most important. How am I going to pay for my next apartment if I'm not having, you know? Right, right a job so that was part of it um and just to reiterate i do have the two properties that are giving me a small amount of income so i'm again i'm grateful for that because it's helping um and then your third part of the elephant is okay well i i have my local coffee place i love coffee and it's important for me that's part of my community or my pilates okay and then you know, so when I was supposed to be, supposed to be, you know, interviewing and, and informal interviewing and networking from nine to noon, if I found on Facebook Marketplace the nightstand I wanted, that was still my number one. Yeah. I still needed to go get it. Couldn't beat myself up about it, even though my Pilates was at noon. So you just have to break your elephant up logically. Indeed. Bit by this. Yeah. I think it's hard to prioritize when you're overwhelmed. Oh, you say it? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the thing is that um, journaling helps. That's definitely something. Like, I, I don't love journaling because I have a graveyard of journals that I've started. And in my head, I feel like I have to do it every single day. But you really don't. No. And I don't. So, I write down when I'm feeling down. Yeah. Because, like, before you and I chatted, I went back. And it was like... So, and then I started a therapist because it was like, okay, I'm finding this feeling often. Yeah. Is there something bigger? And, or have I learned from it? Or, so I don't do it daily. I don't do it when I don't want to. It's actually in my notes on my phone. So I could search a keyword. Like I searched spiraling every time I'm spiraling because I'll look. So, what brought that on? Was there something I did after that I felt better about? And again, if it's the same thing that's bringing it on, what am I doing to put myself in those situations? Yeah, yeah. I um I've told people in the past, and um I used to co-chair, uh, the mental wellness, um, business resource group for CDW, and I, we we kind of kicked it off, and all of us did a profile that went out to. 15,000 people. Huh. And it was interesting because men have a harder time with this than women um, in admitting or or saying when you have a hard time doing something or even reaching out and asking for help. But one of the things that I had put in there is that when I feel like I'm getting into a funk and it again, anxiety is normal when you're going through a move. But when that anxiety persists or worsens over the course of you know several weeks, several months, that's when you really need to kind of take a step back and say, like, maybe it's time to talk to somebody, whether it's a friend, whether it's a um, a therapist, whether it's a coach. Um, but I, I started keeping a list of the things that what I need to feel better that I can do. And if I'd gone through that entire list, uh, I have 10 things on my list. One um, is how am I eating? Right. So, you know, gluten and dairy for me are the two things that cause anxiety and depression. Am I eating clean? Probably not at that point. Right. So that's one thing that's simple, that within a couple of days I can start lifting my mood. Am I moving my body, whether it's a five or 10 minute walk outside or am I working out? Am I going to church? Am I, you know, taking a spiritual practice in? Am I meditating and meditating for a lot of people doesn't have to be like sitting in ohm and, you know, like listening to sound bowls. It could literally be for me like Pilates. And when I'm in Pilates and I'm like my, my Pilates instructors a lot of times don't count, right? So do you know what? Actually, if I could jump in on that. So that was something I learned over the journey that meditating is just when you are fully present in your body. So for men, you could be meditating while you're at the gym. If you're not counting and you are just, I call it focusing on your five senses. So it's your you know, what do you smell? What do I hear? What do I see? What do I feel? So it's just your happy place. And so, yeah, a lot of because you said it's very hard for men to like articulate or admit they need help. But to your point, having a lift, you know, and a coach can help you identify these things. Is it going for a, a form? And I've gone to the gym for 16 minutes. Yeah. Showing up, showing up is such a mindset like release drive there sit in the parking lot and if you don't want to go in don't go in but like okay most of the time you will but yeah for meditation and being mindful i mean top athletes do it and it's to each their own it is not an hour it is not 30 minutes it is not 10 minutes it is not five minutes it is whatever works for you that day And when it's broken down like that, it's so much less intimidating. I actually found it on the back of a motorcycle taxi in Manila, Philippines. I could not wipe the uncontrollable smile off my face. It was the wind. It was my whole body got tingles. It was a new neighborhood we were going through. It was. It's a visualization, right? Take yourself back to that place by listening to a song or just sitting there and picturing that song. And I think that people don't realize how simple that can, that can, and how unique it is. It is whatever works for you. A lot of people say the gym is my therapy. The gym is my therapy. I am in, I am most of the time. The goal is to be fully present. I put my phone on silent. I have music. But I'd put my phone on silent. There's no alerts. And I'm that is my mental therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I think going into the journey of a move, it's important to have those anchors. Honey, oh. And if you don't have those anchors, figuring out what those anchors are before you commit to the journey. Because that's what you're going to that's Something that you're going to rest on, whether it's a picture, a visualization, a song, um, a guided. I, I do a lot of guided visualizations because, again, going back to the fact that I have ADHD. I can't do silent either. Do nah. Silent. Yeah. My brain goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those anchors are incredibly important. And I think that it doesn't matter how confident you are in yourself. If you have those anchors, you can get to that place really quickly. And the- practice that, right? You you have to, and that's what I I tried to eat the entire elephant because I'm confident, I'm capable, I'm smart, I got this. It'll be what it'll be. Otherwise, I'll figure it out. And holy shit, yeah, it's it, You can be triggered instantly, instantly, and without those anchors or a coach to remind you. It, I mean good luck it's just prepping I mean that's why I love this podcast and like what we're putting out there like I for me for a long time like I you know again I don't have children I have nobody to give this information to but I I found over the years a lot of people would be like they'd be mid-move and they'd be like how does you do this 18 times I'd be like you know I, I have my list and I have my anchors and I but that's the thing is that a different perspective even just listening to our conversation could, ha- if it helps one person say like, listen, you know, I'm about to embark on a move. I don't know. I don't know anybody there. I, you know, I, I've i been dreaming about going to this place and like, you know, being able to say like, go and spend three weeks there first and do a city POC or proof of concept and see if you really want to do it or do a bake-off for per- between two different cities before you commit to moving. That at least gives you the preparation to think like, okay, this is what I could run into. Like if, Holly, who is super confident and like has lived and, you know, worked all over the world or, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not could experience this, you know, like maybe I should prepare myself because I haven't, right? But even, but even, and I'm adding this on purpose because I'm not a planner, even mid move, you've made the decision to move, you think you've planned everything, you don't have the resources to do a POC still like even if you think you've planned everything it is not going to go as you planned it is not going to be what you expected that three weeks was luxurious that poc was great because ultimately your your instincts you were still on vacation you hadn't moved yet you had zero percent commitment the minute you committed your subconscious goes holy shit If one thing, well, thank God I have a plan, but that's the biggest joke, plan. One thing falls off. I feel like you have to, those anchors you mentioned, having a coach to remind you of them and to remind you that it's okay and to give you the tools when inevitably something doesn't go as you planned because it won't, I promise you, and it's okay. And when your couch is late, and you cry and you order takeout you can't afford it but you've had takeout four nights in a row cuz you're just glad you're hungry for one it's okay money comes money goes be present what are your anchors what is here and now order the 60 dollar thai food because you'll you'll make it back when you get a job like these are things i've told myself of like you know what I haven't been hungry in three weeks. Even enough to go grocery shopping and I just want to rock across for Thai food. Can I afford it right now? No. And just want to eat? It's okay. It's all okay. It's okay. It's going to be a fucking mess. <laughs> like they they go through this like, I should do this. I should do that. Like stop shooting on yourself. I think I even told you that when we were talking when you were in Melbourne. 100%. Like. You will, this is always going to be a shit time. Get through it however you get through it, right? Some people numb out, some people drink alcohol, some people take a pot gummy, some people over exercise. Whatever works for you in that moment, as long as it's not costly coping, right? As long as it's not costing you anything in your future, if, give yourself some grace, cough. You're in transition and it's really hard to do like, hey, This might feel irrational right now, but it's going to pass. And tomorrow I might feel better. Totally. In any form or fashion, like I'm, I've said this often. I'm always, you know, if somebody has some issue where they're feeling irrational and they want to DM me and like leave me a voice note as to how they're feeling, I'm always going to voice note you back or I'm always going to write you back and tell you like this is going to be okay. This too shall pass. Here's a, a visualization. Here's, here's a tip. Here's a trick. Or I'm just here to listen. Do you do you want my advice, right? I think that having a buddy through the moving process is always important, whether it's me, whether it's, you know, obviously you've been through it now. You know, finding somebody that can help you um, just even sometimes just sitting and waiting, I think is important. Oh. There is joy, right? There is a time a joyful mover and I still even get stressed out. I've done this 18 times. I'm about to embark on my 19th. And I still I still get stressed out. And I would think I'm a joyful mover too. Like I love new places. I love exploring But it's when it's a commitment, you have to remind yourself, I'm gonna be okay. Nothing is permanent for the rest of my life. Everything's figure outable. Everything is figure outable. I will be okay. I have I'm capable of figuring it all out. I think it's important for you to find a buddy. I think it's important to to have your anchors going into a move. I think there's a ton of joy in moving. You might not feel it in the moment. <laughs> Having that hope on what it's going to be, visualizing what you're going to feel, and knowing that your anxiety is okay, I think that that's incredibly important. So thank you for sharing your journey because I know that that that, I mean you're you're a sharer, you're a connector, you're a networker. But at the same time, like talking about raw emotion and how hard things are can sometimes be hard. I want to normalize it because it's totally. And I think that if if somebody can have that preparation and they can get into a point where like they know it's coming and they can recognize it and say like, oh, Marriott and Holly said this was going to suck and now I'm in the suck. I'm just going to take one bite of the elephant right now and I'm going to save the rest for later that might be enough to get you out of that funk oh well thank you for having me I would love to actually connect with you again maybe we'll do like an Instagram live in like a month or two yeah yeah you're at and see what's changed because I think we often forget about the suck right like yeah the further you get removed from the move the further we remember like how bad the suck was but I think that it'll be important for us to like check back in and, and happy. So and that's important to remember, though, too, Mariette, is like it's not forever. Like, yes, it sucks, but it's a small point in time. So just feel the feels and know that this too shall pass. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're amazing. And so I know this is such an important conversation and I, I'm very excited for everybody to hear it. So thank you. Good. Okay. Have a good rest of your day. Well, I could go on forever and ever about moving you closer to your dreams, but I probably should save some thoughts for the next episode. A big thanks goes out to you for making time for me today. In making time for me, you're making time for future you, and we're both grateful. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe to the podcast, download the episodes, and leave me a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. In return, if you go to my website, Marriottsonthemove.com, and register for the Monday mailer, I'll send you a free Fred workbook to get your journey started. This is also where you can find all the show notes and all the ways to get in touch with me. A special thanks goes out to Rogue Media for its wisdom and partnership. Until next time, friends, keep moving forward towards your dreams. Oh, and the legal stuff. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I am a certified coach, not a licensed therapist, and this is not meant to replace the professional advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professionals. This is solely my perspective based on my own experience and training. Okay, now it's over. For reals. Bye for now.